0: Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of The Boldly Immortal. Today, I'm going to be going through some note cards again. And you may remember the last time that I went through note cards, you may not. I believe the last time was uh, meditations on the nature of current social issues and the necessity of justification, um, talking about guilt And what it is and how it affects us and so today I'm instead going to be talking about a bit of a different idea I have a few somewhat disconnected note cards here with me and so what I've been doing is well several things as usual I've been writing down different ideas and just sticking them in note cards and stacks and the like Um, this is something I was already working on I was I was meditating on the beauty of writing and how awesome it is to just have things with your with your hands that you that you you know put onto a piece of paper that thoughts become real right this was a previous podcast if you'll remember um, i'm having a hard time remembering it myself because it just keeps flowing into into itself you know the idea fractalizes and becomes more real each time it gets reintegrated into my life but in combination with this uh, i discovered the, the beauty of fountain pens and fountain pens are awesome because They have actual ink. You know, you have an actual ink cartridge or you actually get to have to like draw in the ink for the pen. And so it's this fascinatingly beautiful tool that gives you access to quite a few uh, different strokes. You know, it it felt more natural to do cursive with a fountain pen and and many different writing styles have simply flown off onto the page uh, because the fountain pen allows them to do it. So the combination of writing things down and enjoying the process of writing got me to experiment with different scripts and different ways of, of, of putting things onto paper. And then because that became enjoyable, it the, the thoughts became worth thinking and worth recording and worth meditating on because they eventually inevitably lead to more thoughts. And so what I'm going to do here is I've got four different Four different notes from either this week or or this past month that I, I've drawn from different topic piles. Right, so I've got right now approximately I think it's nine piles. No, eleven piles. I need one more to to get my my uh, nice twelve. Um, but I have eleven piles, and so you know, it's 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 a relatively stable with an instability at the end that is my own fault. Anyway. Out of these piles, I picked four of them. Picked some ideas that, that came out, and these in particular came out to me because um, they integrate a new script that I've been been putting together, which is trying to write all the English letters, English alphabet letters, which we didn't actually get from us. We got it from Rome and Phoenicia, like way back. It's like it's an ancient script. Uh, that inspired our letter letters you know the alpha beta uh, that's Greek Alpha and beta are the first two letters That alphabet inspires the way we wrote ours but we've we've adapted it quite a bit since then. If you look at ancient Roman texts uh, first of all they're all written in capital letters because lowercases didn't exist and then second of all they're they're well not quite what we use they're a little bit different So I thought all right I'm going to, create a personal script. I'm going to reinterpret it and try and write every single letter in the English uh, alphabet using no more than three strokes. Um, and let me tell you that was that was a fun little exercise, fun little experiment. Um, I've now got this mass of triangles and you know, weird geometric shapes on my on my paper, and I stare at the triangles and they speak to me. Now that sounds weird. But if I look at the cursive one that's just on the other side, it's I look at a bunch of strokes on a page and they're speaking to me, my own mind. So either way, it works. It's just one is curvy and one is not. Uh, And the one that's not is not because I chose it not to be. Um, And there's some interesting things going on with that. Um, I recently looked at the Hebrew alphabet and it's very interesting because it seems like it's actually Designed that way except around the the specific sounds. I I look I look forward to to studying that more But before I get too lost and on tangents These uh, I have three scripts or three three note cards with this script Applied and so they just jump out because in the midst of paper to see this writing It's it's very visceral and it, it just jumps out at my face and then I have one piece that is that I'm going to start with actually, and I may not even get to all of these, but just in terms of meditations, it seemed like a good place to start. And and it's in cursive because it was an older it's an older note, and it's an older note that's been worth carrying, holding on to, um, and it's older by like a month and a half. Um, it's not an old note, but it's a it's a good note. And the note says the following: the tale you're crafting in your life and mind. Is more interesting than any you're absorbing by far. I'm gonna repeat that. The tale you are crafting in your life and in your mind is more interesting than any you are absorbing by far. And my instinct right now is to tear that piece, tear that note to pieces, um, but it makes a good uh, header for all my dreams about the future. That, that, that goes on like the plans for the future pile. And reminds me what's going on. Reminds me what I'm doing in life. That that all the stories that I absorb from other people are just that. They're stories. And frankly, they're not nearly as epic as what I get the chance to live out. If I really truly look at what what I'm crafting with my own narrative. With my own time. S- suppose... I do what I did yesterday or the day before. Let's I think it was the day before and I went outside. And I went outside and I actually looked at what was outside. And I I did this, yeah, it was 2 days ago. I went for a walk and I stared at the trees. And whenever I passed a tree I looked at it. And I didn't ha- didn't spend too much time on it, but I looked at all the trees. And let me tell you Trees are fascinating. Trees are absolutely fascinating things. And each one of them has a story. Many of them, many of these stories, many of these trees are older than than I am. And and they tell a story of the energy of the earth. Think about a lightning bolt. I don't know if you've ever seen lightning. I've probably talked about lightning before. But if you've seen lightning captured in glass, You'll see that it is it is a fractal pattern that spreads out um, in into a dispersion, and each tendril slowly finds a a path that has not been carved out previously, and and then they well they they release their energy in that way, and it's it's fascinating to to look at those glass discharges of of electricity. You know they're beautiful artwork, but then to compare it to a tree because a tree is an energy discharge, but it's, a, it's an energy discharge according to a very specific pattern, according to a very specific blueprint as given by the seed of this tree. So the seed is the blueprint. It's the design instructions for how the energy of the earth, the water, and the air come together using the power of sunlight to grow, and it grows like underneath the ground, like as a shoot. It doesn't even need sunlight. It just uses the resonant energy of chemical uh, reactions around it. But then it grows by absorbing energy and transforming it into something different, with a, with a very specific instruction set, with a very specific guide as to where. It, it's, its angles are to be, and the strength of its limbs proportional to their, to their size, and, and how the energy is going to be distributed around it, and whether the leaves will fall or not. All of this information is encoded into the seed of the tree, and then when that seed harmonizes with the ground, it creates a story. And so every tree, every tree of, of, of each kind of tree is going to have its own unique story. And each kind of tree will have a different tale to tell about the the energy that it is producing. And so then, in that manner, each individual tree becomes a story in and of itself. And, I mean, I talked about ancient stories last week. You know, this is the Ents. And the Ents are long-winded creatures because they've been around for a while and they have time. Well have you ever talked to to your ants to your local ants have you seen how they're doing now don't i wouldn't recommend going out and actually talking to the trees it looks a little bit weird but simply walking out my door and staring at trees for 20 minutes in the cold when they are leafless and therefore the energy is laid bare right for for it to Display to me so that I can technically understand what the earth is like here. Simply doing that was a more valuable use of 20 minutes than whatever media I could have consumed, whatever other story. When it compares to actually reading, let's say, Tolkien's works about the Ents, well, going outside and actually embracing it is my life, it's reality. It's the story that I'm crafting about who I am, and not just that. It's actually affecting the the world out there. When I go out and look at the trees, I'm affecting the trees. Now, part of that is chaos theory. Part of it's just basic biology. You know, when I'm breathing out near a tree, well, it's gonna you know take it. It's gonna take advantage of that. It's going to Put that to good work. The grass around me will do the same thing. When you go outside, you affect the world around you. And the world around you, the world outside your, your door, is so much significantly more complex than we ever could imagine. And the lie of the modern world is that that those complexities don't matter. I, I once thought how how tedious and exhausting it would be To categorize each blade of grass in a field. How much time that would take. I mean, imagine it from a programmer's perspective, if you can. Trying to program, not a generic algorithm for making grass, because you could do that. But to plant each seed and encourage it to grow independently, so that each one in the wind would would operate under its own unique conditions and would reflect the sunlight in its own unique ways and that you took no shortcuts every single cell of that grass was was simulated so that the whole organism could work together you couldn't do that you don't have the computing power you could maybe get a small patch of simulating every single cell but you can't no computer on in existence, could ever have that, except reality itself. Except reality itself. Reality itself is the unveiling of that simulation, that, that that essence. When you put all those seeds of grass in the ground, that's what comes out, is grass. You couldn't, you can't fake it. When you go out and touch the grass, that's real grass, and, and it's, you know, well, listen to me, it's real grass, <laughs> But but you're affecting it by being out there and being with it. As well, and that's I would argue a good thing to be there to embrace the the small complexities of of the world around you and understand it. I'm not saying you have to go say hi to the grass every day. What I'm saying is, it wouldn't hurt to actually do it sometime and to think about the little dark corner that you've never actually looked at, and to look at it not with the eyes that you've always seen, but to look at that grass with. Eyes that say, well, I, maybe I don't know what is here. And maybe I should look at it a again and, and take the time to actually think about whether I've learned everything I can from what I'm looking at. Um, that right there, that, that idea, I'm going to look at everything a second time and think if I can actually understand what it is I'm looking at, is antithetical to the modern mind because we worship the clock we we think that the clock is is in charge we think that we don't have enough time to do anything and so this this story that we're actually living through you know last week i kind of talked about stories but but now you know it's not just the grand political narratives you know unveiling all around you it's not simply the 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 grand the grand stories of of the, the passage of peoples and nations and times, like you are a living being. You are a creature made by God with its own with your your own, not it, your own unique characteristics. You are, much like that tree, an independent creation. With your own blueprint for your own life and your own energy that you've you've expressed from the things around you. Even if you're a twin, you've lived a different life than your twin. I, I, I knew a couple twins. I knew several twins, even identical twins, who are very different people. Now, they have similar energies. They are of a kind. But they are very different. And they are measurably different. Because their worlds are different. Their energies are different. Their viewpoints are different. And the stories that they are crafting are, are both fascinating and fantastic things. And I know I for one have have failed at at truly appreciating the stories that other people could tell. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm I'm young and I don't have a lot of patience for that. And I believe that I have a story worth telling. I believe that I have a story worth listening to. I believe that I have have a tale worth telling. And perhaps that's that's arrogance, perhaps that's pride, perhaps that's Perhaps that's vocational. All I know is, I am willing to condemn myself for not respecting the magnificence of the story of reality around me. And you know we who believe that that story will go on forever, not in this form, but that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, that there will be a resurrection, that, that this story is the temporary side. Before I go to my rest. All the more reason that it suddenly becomes this fantastic tale. The deathless ones. How do they spend their time before the great sleep? Before the great sleep that precedes the resurrection. What do we do with our days? And I'm not saying you have to go do great things. What I'm saying is meditate on that. You are an immortal being. And your story is is unraveling in this world of chaos, this brief blip, this insignificant, seemingly insignificant point in the grand scheme of all eternity is that particular place that God has chosen to place you in time, in his creation, right here, with all the people around you, in the place you are with the trees around you being the kind of trees he deigned to have in your life, and the people more so, and the grass so, and all the other, all the other living things, and all the other non-living things, and all the technology around you. It is only there by his most gracious will, and he has given that to you to be the parts of your story and he's given you to be the parts of someone else's. And he's crafting here one great and glorious narrative that transcends any narrative we could possibly tell. And all of it is the work of, of, of our God, of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's work is not finished. I mean, this is the end of John. I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. No, they can't. Because he's not done. Look at all the books that we already have, but think about the life you're living and recognize that it is just as astoundingly glorious as the greatest tale you've ever heard. The tales of heroes, of great men and pious women who dedicated their lives to doing what was right and laid them down honorably in decency. And in, in harmony with God's good order, this, this is the life that you have the power to lead, that you are leading now, struggling against the, the pain and the suffering, struggling against the, the depression and, and anger, struggling against the belief that your life is meaningless. You are living a life that is more grand and magnificent in its exploration and and. and intricate detail than any author on this earth could possibly conjure because no author on this on this earth could ever write a being with such complexity and magnificent detail as you. And no author could possibly write the tale of your of your life, with all the twists and turns, with all the, the people in it who are there, not for you but also for you, not so that you could take advantage of them in telling your story as the hero of your greatness, but to the glory of God that in his mercy he has saved you and given you a calling to serve your neighbors. And each one of those people in your life, you're called to serve in a different way. And each one of those stories of how that came to being is, is more and more glorious than the last because everyone leads up to the next. Each one ties in with another. And every lesson you're learning from one person to the next is giving you the, equipment, e- the equipping, the training, the lessons, the, the learnings, the, the, the wisdom to move on to the next, even if you don't realize it. Because you are shaped in God. Because who you are is not only you. You are yourself, and, and don't don't forget that, but you are a part of a creation. You are a part of the body of Christ. And you are immortal. What have we to fear? What have we to, to worry on? What have we to be concerned about? What have we to be diverted from in all of our entertainment, in all of our enthusiasm about the false stories the false narratives of this dying world this corrupt and, and and evil land that we live in we are we are living a story so much more grand and glorious than any we could see that what that oftentimes we need we need those stories to remember what it is that we are that we're doing don't hear this as me denigrating the author. No, the author has the, the, the solid vocation of inspiring us, of inspiring us to recognize what it is that we're doing. The true grandeur of this life that we're living comes forth in beautiful poetry from the, the pens and lips of the talented. And They remind us what it is that we're doing here. They remind us how amazing, how how fantastical it is, how beyond belief these things we do are. But if we forget that that we are living it, if we imagine that that those great deeds and grand stories are only for heroes and maidens of of, of tales of yore, then then we lose then we lose respect. We lose we lose our grand heritage of being those heroes, of holding that office. In our own lives for those who we love we are their heroes we are the ones who are called as men to valiant service sacrifice and death as women to piety and love to the formation of of good and wholesome community to the nurturing of life itself and the bringing into this world of another who lives another story much like our own, whom we, as parents, both men and women, have the opportunity to shape and guide and lead. What more glorious story could you possibly want? What are you missing? What is so dull about your everyday life that you feel the need to escape? There's nothing but your everyday life. And God be praised for that, because read the Bible. It's, it's a great life. We are in the great tribulation, waiting for the return of our King, the man who is Lord of all, who comes to save us from this veil of tears, to take us from this sorrow to eternal bliss, and we are the keepers of this small, dusty rock with water and words. We are here to hold it and to pre- proclaim the words that brought it into existence and their magnificent glory and how the the trees have been used by that very God By that very word, to bring back the creation which by a tree fell once. And all of the trees are there for that. All the trees testify to that. All the words testify to that. What more glorious, what more glorious tale could you hope to ask for? Go outside and think on the trees. Because there's nothing else, and everything else, to do. I don't know if that makes sense. But I know that in terms of my story, my tale, my epic history, and and the hero's journey I take from, well, from the first, it has been a magnificent story. and, And I don't need the dopamine kick. To make it amazing. The quiet meditations on the energy of this world, fallen though it is, can sometimes make for just as good a story as the others. So don't worry if you don't feel like your story is interesting or your tale epic. It is. And it is not because it can fit into a three-hour video but rather because it's real. Because you are a man. Even if you're a woman, you are a son of God. You are human. You are his creation. And we, as human beings, are something else. Entirely. Together. And that networking alone, that that connection... It would take more than one lifetime to truly meditate and ponder. So for my sake, I'm going to make the most I can of the life I've got. I'm not going to do it perfect and far from it. I got a lot to work on, but I know what I'm working on now. And I look forward to ever... Recognizing the epic history, the epic story, that is life itself. One note card down, three to go. I'll catch you next time.